On this week's episode of One Star Recruits, we have a really cool combo, uh, the cannabis world we bring to you. We've got a lot of questions about cannabis companies in California. We're here in California. I spent some time working in cannabis, Rip. We have an opportunity to get with Ricky Williams, so I I hope a lot of listeners are familiar with. We're going to give you some reasons to at least look him up. He's a very interesting guy, fascinating guy, and equally fascinating and inspiring is a guy named Chris Ball. Uh, who is the owner of a company called Ball Family Farms. And we have him on with uh, a good friend, Ryan Rivera, to talk a little bit about starting a cannabis business and being a cannabis entrepreneur in the state of California. So pumped about that. We're going to dig into a little bit of Super Bowl talk. We got a Pizza Hut review. Uh, For anybody who listens to last week's episode, we had the bone to pick with the uh, Detroit-style pizza, which we will solve uh, in this episode. We'll talk about the halftime show at the Super Bowl. I'm a little excited about it. This episode of One Star Recruits is presented to you by Ball Family Farms, the first vertically integrated minority-owned social equity commercial cannabis facility in Los Angeles. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, this is Jake Plummer, and you're listening to the One Star Recruits podcast. You know, I say a lot of times I'm not a scientist, you know, and I see things coming and then you're like, what do you do? He needs a challenge, and now he wants to. He usually wins with like first and second stringers. He probably wants to win with like third and fourth stringers. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's the Eddie George on One Star Recruits Podcast. These guys do it the best. Love you guys. This is Spencer Torkelson. You're listening to the One Star Recruits Podcast. Go Devils. Hey, everybody. This was Dickie B on the One Star Recruits Podcast, and they've been awesome, baby. baby. Yo, welcome to One Star Recruits. We are back in the studio. Mercury is in retrograde, Rip. Oh, shit. Lots of crazy stuff happening in the world. What does that mean to you? Does that, does that mess with you when Mercury is in retrograde? Do you feel it? Nah, <laughs> I think it's overrated, man. It's really? A, it's, like, it's like a full moon, all that kind of stuff. I, I, I don't feel it. it. It's an energy sucker for me. I feel like I get more frustrated in stressful situations, traffic, or going to the store. I guess those are as stressful as it gets now. Um you trying to relate this to uh, astrology? You know our guy Ricky Williams coming up here is a, is a big uh, astrologer. Nice tie, nice tie together. Yeah, big astrologer. I wasn't even trying to do that because I was going to complain about how Mercury in retrograde has me dragging dragging around trying to get get my uh, quarantine life in order. And then we talked to Ricky. He introduced me to the sun salutations, a little morning exercise. Started start doing, doing it, feeling a little better. Mm-hmm. I added it to my goals this week. So for accountability, I haven't done it yet. And I added it to my goals starting Monday. We record the pod. Today's Tuesday. Tomorrow's Wednesday. Um, so here's accountability to the world. I haven't done my sun salutations yet. Three goals. And I will be starting them tomorrow morning. Uh, but our man Ricky, uh, really interesting, fascinating dude, Rip, right? Dude, a lot of people know him. He won the Heisman Trophy at Texas. Had Had a... A pretty good NFL career. I mean, some injuries, but a few different teams. Mike Ditka and the Saints traded like their entire draft for him to get him. Um, but yeah, and then after after football, he's been out of the game for what almost ten years now. Been doing a lot of stuff, and you'll hear about it in the interview coming up. But what a, what a crazy ride he's had. Yeah, he's an iconic. He's an iconic guy. He got a lot of heat for the the cannabis thing at a time when weed was a really bad word. And he kind of was the poster child for some anxiety and stuff. And it's, I want, before we, we even get into Chris Ball and the Ball Family Farm stuff, because I think that's really interesting too, I'm going to give another Google alert to the listeners out there. There's a, there's a tweet recently posted by uh, an Esquire reporter. This was in 2004 when Ricky Williams had just retired from football. 
And um, this reporter wanted to chase him down and just do a story from him. This guy who had had, had all this talent and then mm-hmm. came through this adversity and ended up retiring. And he was somewhere in the world, but nobody knew. Ricky was just traveling. And he talks about it a little bit in the pod. But this particular tweet... Uh, came from an Esquire reporter. What's his name, uh, Rip? It's uh, it's Chris Jones. And, and just go to Ricky Williams' uh, Twitter account, Rick at Rick the Laureate. He retweeted it on January 29th. It's an amazing thread about this story, how this, this Esquire writer was just assigned to go find Ricky Williams somewhere in the world. And he, he guessed it pretty quickly. He found him on a beach uh, somewhere well, in the Well, Byron Bay, yeah. So this reporter had once spent time in Byron Bay and had like some light lead that perhaps Ricky could have been in this vicinity. Yeah. Turns out he went to Byron. He asked a couple questions. And the tweet's so amazing. He ended up finding Ricky way quicker than you would have thought. And they spent a marvelous 10 days together. Uh, but I think this tweet and this chain, if uh, you need a little pick-me-up while you're listening to this podcast, is a funny intro into the podcast to just show the type of character Ricky is. And then he's turned into this um, calming, iconic uh, wellness and being guy. I was I was really impressed just speaking with him about um, kind of just the stoic calmness in his voice. And, and, and just a smart guy, too. I mean, overall, yeah, I mean, you know, people, for whatever reason, stereotype these athletes as as not being the smartest guy, but Rick, man, he, he was a great high school student. He's always been a smart dude. And people are just finally, a lot of people are finally getting to see that. And he, he's got a lot to say on his new podcast coming up. We'll play a, a promo clip for that later yeah. in the show. It's launching today. It's something interesting that we did talk about that we're moving away from the interview because it's great, but we did bring up San Diego. He's from San Diego originally. America's finest city. We love, as guys from Arizona with Zonies, and we actually asked him about how he feels about Zonies. I was always curious about, you know, OG San Diegans, um, how they feel about that. But it's, uh, man, it's, I feel like I need a road trip maybe to San Diego. That's going to be one of the first stops after uh, everything opens up, I think. I'm, go- I'm going to Legoland. I don't know where you're going. Yeah, you should take the kids to Legoland. We t- we have um, Chris Ball. He's the uh, CEO and founder. And there's I know he's in Sweet Flower in L.A. I know he's in a bunch of dispensaries. His brand, Ball Family Farms, in San Diego as well. Uh, he has some history with Ricky as well. I think we talk about it a little bit in this, in this intro. But I want to pass the mic over to Ryan Rivera, over to Chris Ball. Rather than us reading a read or just kind of going through a read, we wanted to actually bring Chris on. He has a great story. My goal, Rip, hopefully is to have him back in the future, maybe tie him together with, uh, with, with another similar story because it's, it's pretty inspirational. But uh, the goal is to share his brand, check it out, another Google, uh, and uh, enjoy this uh, interlude. Ballfamilyfarms.com. Here we go. right one star recruit listeners we have a real special opportunity here i've been waiting for a long time to actually tie a couple pieces of my life together and we have ricky williams on the on this on this episode uh later later on and this gave me a great time to reach back into my kind of bag of tricks into some of the greatest people that i've came across in my life and i spent some years in the cannabis industry and and one guy's a guy ryan rivera we're going to talk to he's working with a gentleman who uh who really is doing everything the right way here in, in Los Angeles, here in California. His story's worth being told, and it's a brand um, that we think is going to really blow up. So with that said, I'm going to pass it over to uh, entrepreneur, to cultivator, we'll call him a community leader. We have Chris Ball. Chris, if you could just talk a little bit about uh, two minutes on, on 
how you got here, and then maybe two minutes on where you guys are going. So my name is Chris Ball. I'm the CEO of uh, Ball Family Farms. We are the first vertically integrated uh, social equity uh, license here in Los Angeles, California. A little bit how I got here, you know, I was a traditional market guy, you know, black market entrepreneur, um, caught an indictment, went to federal prison, uh, signed a deal for 30 months, came out of jail and kind of, you know, kept my nose clean for a few years before, you know, the the, the weed industry kind of came calling to me in my sleep, Uh, got off of probation, went back, bought my first grow uh, back in 2014 you know, and started growing uh, because I just wanted to kind of make the money myself instead of middlemaning and get myself back in trouble. Um, so I decided to grow, um, got really popular um, in the Prop 64 days, and then was introduced to the social equity um, application process back in 2018. Went down there, uh, got me a license by the grace of God, and Ball Family Farms was born. So uh, that's why I'm here today. So good. Let me... and. And just so the listeners know, we're going to have Chris back on a future episode, just getting to know him for this particular segment, uh, this kind of cannabis with Ricky episode. Uh, the story is crazy. Rip, I, Chris went to UC Berkeley, played football, uh, a little bit of time with the 49ers in the NFL and a hit up in up in Canada. And that's where the growing itch kind of kicked in. Uh, Rip, what a great mixture to have on this Ricky Williams episode. Uh, we got We got another guy who did the athletics thing. Chris, talk about a little bit about how that implements your 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 work and your and your brand, how that kind of plays into your life. So, you know, like you said, got landed myself over in uh, British Columbia, Vancouver, which is, you know, I'm over in Canada, which is the hub. So, you know, it, it's very interesting because that's the first time I ever saw, you know, cannabis from from seed to harvest. You know, before then, like I said, I, w- I was a black market middleman guy. So I just bought weed and sold it, you know, at a higher ticket. But once I got to Canada, I was able to see it, you know, from from seed to harvest. And that's where it really started to to kind of change my life. You know, fast forward to the off season in Canada, being over in Vancouver, you know, I'm still on the West Coast. So I just we, you know, copy me and my buddies used our Canadian credentials to hop the border, man, and traffic weed from from Canada down to L.A., you know, which is where I made a big name for myself and how I caught that indictment. But, Mm. you know, going back. Just being able to, you know, being a collegiate athlete and a pro athlete taught me a lot of fucking discipline. You know what I mean? So I, I, I don't know how to take no for an answer. So coming into the cannabis space and, yes. and starting to learn how to grow and, and failing and failing and failing, you know, that's what I did growing up in sports until I finally won. So I just kind of implemented that, that work ethic into my cannabis career, kind of surrounded myself with teammates, you know, on my cannabis staff that had the same mindset. And here we are today, man. Man, I, I love it. It's really it's really an amazing story, which is why we're going to have Chris Ball, the founder of Ball Family Farms, back on the podcast for, for, for some more time. If you don't mind, if you don't mind, Chris, maybe you can kind of be our tie to the sports and the cannabis community a little bit more. It's, it's a piece that our listeners, especially in Arizona, the Midwest, uh, the East Coast, it's probably one of the most curious questions that I get uh, about being an entrepreneur in the cannabis space. It's, it's kind of like a fairy tale a little bit. Let's switch over to your brand because it is a fairy tale. You are putting out some strains, man. I don't know if listeners are listening to Cobra Kai or on Netflix like me, uh, but these guys put up some some strains lately in California that are kind of shaking it up a little bit. Your marketing is off the hook. Talk to us a little bit about, about what's happening with the brand right now. Yeah, man. So what's going on right now? And, and, and thank you for the compliment, you know, with the strain names and stuff like that. You know, I obviously try. I'm an outlier, bro. So I try to go against the grain. 
Um, you know, I didn't want to come out and name my strains, you know, traditional names that everybody knew. I kind of wanted to set ourselves apart and do something different. Nice. You know, Daniel LaRusso, you know, was an underdog. Karate Kid was one of my favorite movies in the 80s. I'm yes. an underdog being an African-American cultivator in the space, you know, and, and shit like that. Being a social equity applicant, I was behind the eight ball already. So I just decided to have some fun, man, and create some nostalgia um, around my strain names and, and get the people excited. But other than that, man, you know, we, we just dropped three new strains of uh, The Last Dragon Drop with Shownuff, Bruce Leroy, and uh, Laura Charles. For those mm. who don't know who that is, go Google it and research it. If you're, in your, if you're above 35, you should definitely know who those people are and those characters are. But if you don't, I challenge you to go Google it. And um, besides that, man, just trying to, you know, do real positive things in the culture. We got a documentary coming out. We start pro, uh, pre-production on that in about two weeks to kind of tell my story and just kind of get, get my consumers and everybody getting to know who Ball Family Farms really is. And you guys have expanded, Chris, right, into uh, Oklahoma City and Vegas and a couple other markets? Yeah, so we just got back. Uh, I just got back this weekend from Oklahoma uh, doing the final walkthrough on our 75 acres. We close escrow Ooh. next week on that. It's a good that. market. So a good to, market. Yeah, bro. Yeah, so we're, we're about to definitely go out there and bring the brand out there and blow it up really really good immature market out there so we think we're going to do some big things and then we have a situation over in las vegas you know that's you know 300 miles away from from la so we're going to kind of dip dip tiptoe into vegas a little bit and trying to shake some things up over there as well amazing i know in la for our listeners here in la you can find uh ball family farms currently at all the sweet flower locations here in la they're in tons in san diego too i know ricky's from san diego you're from San Diego. Do you have any Ricky Williams memories or, or, or he's a legend in, in San Diego. We talk about it in the podcast. You got to have any, anything hit you, Chris? Man, absolutely. I mean, as a, as a collegiate athlete, you know, I grew up, you know, watching Ricky Williams play over at the university of Texas. So, you know, I, I've, I've known, you know, I was introduced to Ricky by my, my big brother, Daryl Russell, you know, uh, rest in peace who actually played for the, for the uh, Oakland Raiders. And uh, they're both San Diego guys. So I met Ricky through that, through him, but, you know, it's just a shame, man, that, that what happened to Ricky and Ricky getting kicked out of the league over something that is, you know, now legal. And Ricky's always been an advocate, you know, for cannabis. Um, I think, you know, had some of those laws and, or some of those rules and stuff been changed by then, you know, Ricky would still probably probably be retiring right now, but definitely would be in the Hall of Fame. So, um, you know. That that's my that's my yeah. memory of Ricky. And he's a like you. He's, he, he's that's a great memory, and he's like you too, which is super super cool. Uh, the past is the past, and it made him who he is today. And he's an eclectic, interesting character. His podcast is super rad. He kind of takes an angle of curiosity. He's an astrologer now, so he reads signs uh, with the stars, and he does a he does an interview with uh, people. And I think you'll be a great guest in the future for him. I want to switch it over That'd while sick, I have. Man. Yeah, hell yeah, man. We'll connect you, Rip. We'll definitely do that connection. I think it's a match made in heaven. Um, I want to switch it over real fast while I have him too. We have a guy, and Chris, you can speak for me as well, um, kind of the odds behind the wall, if you will. A lot of people ask how the cannabis industry works, and, and my answer is always, first and foremost, surround yourself with good people who get it, and getting it is growing, making money, doing things the right way, and treating people right. And, and Ryan Rivera is here with us. He's the founder and CEO of Greenstone Distribution. Uh, Ryan is a, is, is a great man, but I want to give you the mic for a couple minutes, Ryan, and just tell the world what you do and how you help brands like uh, Ball Family Farms uh, get out into the world. Yeah, great. Thanks, Dana. And uh, uh, Chris, you know, excellent, uh, excellent uh, explanation of who Chris is. Um, I had the pleasure of meeting Chris uh, some years back prior to compliance. So we're, we were the second licensed distribution company in L.A. County. 
Uh, we're a minority-owned company. Uh, we operate out of the city of Linwood. Uh, we've got 22,000 square feet here. Um, meeting people like Chris, um, and, and there's only a handful of them, by the way, uh, and we've been lucky to, to build relationships with those handfuls of people. And so with the um, excitement to have somebody of Chris's caliber and some of the other folks that we represent, you know, Honeydew Farms, Top Shelf Cultivation, um, <clears throat> the, we, we built differently here, right? We built um, basically as kind of like a small incubator system, mm -hmm. uh, really focused on brand development, design, um, and, and on top of it, statewide delivery. We're one of only a handful of companies that delivers from the very top of the state all the way down to the San Diego border. And so being able to work hand in hand with a guy like Chris, who, who really is a visionary, um, comes up with ideas. I was smiling earlier on, on the podcast as you're talking about strain names, uh, because when Chris came up with the, with the ideas of the strain names many, many years ago, um, he and I had a whole full conversation of it. And, and I ended up being, uh, I ended up being, being, being drastically wrong. Uh, so it ended up working out really well. Uh, so <laughs> good, good to you on that I one. Wanted to say it, brother. I, I wanted to say it, brother, because I love you so much yeah, and I wouldn't yeah. be here without you. Yeah. <laughs> It's, but, it's, um, like having, it's like having a good podcast, Ron. you got to be diversified, I think, in the people that are around you, what you bring to the table. I know you're doing a lot of stuff. I also think it's just a great opportunity, Ryan, for you to talk to possible other brands out there in the world who might be trying to get into dispensaries or even just trying to find the right labeling. Or you're a great cultivator yourself, and I know, Chris, you are too. Maybe they just have some clones growing in their closet, um, and they have the dr a dream of a brand. What would be next for people like that, maybe in Arizona who just became legal or, or the Midwest? You know, really, a lot of it starts, you know, in, 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 in the grassroots efforts of finding the right people. But, but, but mostly it, it becomes a real estate business, which is difficult, right? It's difficult for normal people, right? Chris and I are normal people. You know, um, I think we get looped in with this grand vision of skyscrapers and everybody's making money um, and, and printing it. And, and the truth of the matter is, you know, there has to be massive passion uh, to do this. And, and what Chris said is the, the word of the year for us um, is discipline, right? You know, you have to get up, work, you know, 11, 12 hour days all day long, get punched in the face, knocked down um, and having people like Chris surrounding yourself, right? Show me five, show me, the, you know, five uh, 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 friends, I'll show you your future, right? And so having guys like Chris on the team, um, there's only a handful of people we get to talk to in, in, in that manner, guys that are also doing it. And so, you know, for all the folks out there that have a dream of, of, of bringing something to the market, I think it's a, you know, surround yourself with the right people, go work for somebody, right. Go work for free, you know, go get, go, go get, a, a, a an apprenticeship going, learn, listen, read, understand the rules. Um, don't break the rules, you know, anymore. There, there was a point in time where that was a little bit easier on folks. It's not anymore. Um, but yeah, I think just surrounding yourself with the right people. Yeah. For me too, the dream's still alive and you both are available on Twitter and social media and you're down to help, uh, you know, and it, there's an equity, Chris, there's so much, I'm going to have you back on the podcast, but for, for now let's, um, leave the listeners with where they can find you. I heard through the grapevine, there might be a collab coming with Nipsey hustles, uh, people in the future doing something for LA. Yeah, for sure. There, um, there is talks. Um, I have been in contact with uh, Nipsey's brother and Big Adam, so shout out to them over at the Marathon. We are developing two strains for them called Crenshaw and Slauson. Um, we also have been in talks with uh, Jay-Z's people, so shout out to D'Angelo and Emory Jones at Monogram about doing a possible collaboration. But I do want to just leave with this, man. You know, Ryan's given me a lot of 
a lot of credit and a lot of a lot of love. But I just want to when I said earlier that I had to build a team and surround myself with people who are like minded. If I'm the head coach, Ryan is definitely one of my offensive coordinator. So that Greenstone and those guys definitely do a great job for us. They have they have been there. What what kind of offense? What kind of offense is he running? Real fast. He's running that West Coast. He's running that he's West Coast. He's throwing the ball. So he's throwing the ball baby. quick. Yeah, he always makes quick decisions. He's running that Bill Walsh offense, baby. That, that them time, them timing routes. You know what I'm mm. saying? So I saw him take do a Steve break. Young. I saw him do a Steve Young run once, and back in 2014, man. I know he's a grinder, man. You absolutely. So I just want to give him his flowers, man. He's been giving me a lot, but I want to I want to toss it right back. Ball Family Farms would not be here without Greenstone. So thanks, Chris. So you can find us uh, on IG at Ball Family Farms. You can find me, Chris Ball, at Chris Ball 45. And if you want to grab some merch or just get to a little bit more, get to know a little bit more about the company, we are yes. on the web at www.ballfamilyfarms.com. I love it, Chris. If anybody has questions of the equity program too, are you are you down to chat? Are you available? You seem one thousand like percent. Yeah, so one is, million percent, bro. That's what I'm here for. Listeners, we're going to put everything in the show notes. Our goal is not to not only bring you these, these, these five stars, but people who are also relatable. I think these are questions a lot of folks are having. And so these are two resources uh, that, that may not be the end all be all, but they can be a next step in the puzzle. And I encourage you to reach out. Everything will be in the show notes. Thank you so much, guys. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you, guys. Okay, guys. Take care. Nice. I think what's so interesting about this episode is that we have uh, we have athletes involved in the cannabis space, both doing different things. Ricky, a little bit more health and wellness. He's working with his wife, uh, Chris and Ryan working on obviously flower touching stuff. Cool collaborations. We talked just about a couple of the collaborations they have going on. Um, more to come. Check them out on social media. But it's a it's a good opportunity to bring different perspectives of it's not just a two guys doing cannabis and i think you get that a little bit more right rip yeah and i mean we are we are by you know at its heart we're a sports podcast and both of these guys are former athletes former professional athletes doing big things in other spaces so it's inspiring to see and the fact they t- both talk about a lot there is life after sports so we're excited to be able to show it's that not for you. not everybody's for the for the weed smokers too right rip you're not a weed smoker and apparently neither is Chris Ball or Ryan. Or Ryan, Ryan you know, and I think that's an interesting fact as well. I'm, I, I do enjoy a uh, relaxing uh, sativa at the end of a, a busy day, so I call myself a connoisseur. Uh, but it's, We call it, them entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs, uh, but it's not, it's not really about that, and I think you're starting to get that. And I think you're starting to see a lot of these cool niches. Ricky's podcast is dope, um, the new one that he's dropping, because his angle is not – it's quest- curious questions with Ricky Williams, but – his angle is that he's coming at it from astrology, you know, and I think similar with Chris, too. He's coming at his brand with a voice that's authentic to uh, the voice that he knows. And that's what it's all about. So enjoy this this interview with Ricky. Please do yourself a favor and uh, give him a Google while you listen. It's um, very fascinating, cat. Enjoy. Now joining the One Star Recruits podcast, we have a husband, a father, an entrepreneur, the 1998 Heisman Trophy winner, an NFL veteran, and one of the most well-rounded guys you'll ever hear about, Ricky Williams. How are you doing today, Ricky? Doing pretty good. Thank you. Good. And I know uh, you're launching your own podcast here, so we definitely want to hit on that. But I'm excited to have you on because we're all in the LA area, but your hometown is San Diego, born and raised. And 
you know, I tell anyone I get the chance to tell about how San Diego is the best city on earth. Um, but I haven't been as many places as you have. You've been all around the world, but you found your way back here to California. Where does San Diego rank in, in your book in terms of being one of the best cities in the world? I was definitely number one. Um, you know, oh, really? I was very fortunate. Yeah, I was fortunate enough to grow up in, in a cool town. And I think it's so special, you know, one, because we got mountains. This is Southern California. We got the mountains uh, and, and we got the beach and we have, you know, moderate weather pretty much the, the year year round, although it can get really hot inland in Southern California. Yeah, true. Um, but, but also, I think the special thing about San Diego is that it's a military town. And so you, you get a special kind of uh, diversity there uh, in Southern California that I don't think you get anywhere else. And so I was very fortunate to grow up around so many different, different types of people from different walks of life. And I think it really set a strong foundation for me. It's, a, it's such a cool city. And, and, you know, DK and I both grew up in Phoenix and we always loved going out to San Diego for the weekend. And I know you guys would get inundated with, with Arizonans. What are the true <laughs> feelings of how, uh, how San Diegans <laughs> felt about the influx? They hate, of, they hate Zonas. You know, it, you know, the, the truth is, I think, you know, there's some people <laughs> that have issues with it, but, but the truth is so many people that live in, especially now, so many people that live in San Diego are not from San Diego. And yeah. so I think we, I think we've had to, and I think again, being a military town is something that, you know, we had a lot of, we've had a lot of practice at, um, but you know, I, it's, it's rare, like most cool cities these days, it's rare to find <laughs> natives, people that were born and raised. And so, you know, I'm, I'm super proud to be from, to be from San Diego. Yeah, it's, it's one of the cool, cool things, a, a beautiful thing is people come from coming from all places. If you can can tolerate the, the crowds, it's, it's kind of cool. You know, I mentioned the podcast, which is, is launching the, the first week of February here. And we started ours last year during quarantine. And it's been a crazy ride so far. Um, you're such a versatile guy with your hand in so many things. What is your podcast going to be called? And what will you focus on? Yeah, so my um, my podcast I'm excited about it. You know, it's an opportunity to, to blend a lot of my different experiences and interests um, into, into one thing that I can take pride in, in participating in. And the name of the podcast is Curious Questions um, with Ricky Williams. Love it. And, and it Love comes it. from, as an athlete, I had a really tough time dealing with the media because I felt like, and I understand it now more than I did then, but I felt like so many of their questions were coming from a, a stereotypical view of what an athlete should be and how athletes should speak. And so I, I didn't like that feeling of being put, put in, put into a box when I felt I had so many more interesting things to share. And so on my podcast, I'm, you know, bringing on people that I know, people that I don't know, people that have interesting stories and really asking deeper, more intimate questions about to get, to get a, a sense of who is this person as a unique individual and how can we uh, understand their their life's journey? Um, and the the special ingredient the special ingredient in the podcast is um, for about sixteen years now I've been studying astrology, and so I have a pretty good grasp on on how to use it to understand people. And so I, the first segment of the podcast, uh, I talk about my my guest and I you know talk about their chart a little bit, what I looked at, and what piqued my interest, and then I kind of introduce the audience to the kinds of questions or what I'm going to be trying to figure out with my questions. And then I bring on the guests wow. and, and it's a conversation of, you know, me asking questions and, and hopefully pulling out stories and uh, interesting highlights. And then at the end, um, guest leaves and the last segment is me wrapping everything up and, and talking about what I learned from, uh, from my curious questions. 
Ricky, that's sick. I mean, that's really that's incredibly unique. I'm ready to give you my birthday and hop on it and, and, and you tell me what's going on in this crazy head of mine. But that's um, really unique, man. And curious, uh, curious questions with Ricky Williams is actually a great name. I think we talk about this podcast a lot about curiosity probably being one of the more important attributes in growth um, and learning and uh, stepping outside of that box like you talked about. Um, we're pumped. We're going to put in the show notes uh, and we'll, we'll make sure to, to hype that, uh, get people there. It sounds really interesting. Let me ask you about, we're in quarantine now. A lot of people are, are, are starting to work on new businesses, new ideas, kind of new concepts. I kind of a, we talk about relationships too on this pod. So you started a, a wellness company. I believe you started with your wife. Um, talk to our listeners a little bit, right, about kind of starting a new business. And in addition, starting it with a partner. Um, how's that road been? And uh, what advice would you give people looking to do that? Yeah, I've actually started a couple of companies. The first one, uh, we call it's called Real Wellness, and it's a herbal wellness company that I started with my wife. She's actually she's actually the CEO, and it's a cool story. Um, you know, she was at a crossroads in, in her life. She was a corporate attorney, mm. and she was kind of stuck. And, she, and we met, and she, you know, she started seeing all the things I was into, and she started to think about how can she take her expertise and her training and everything she's learned from fifteen years as a corporate attorney and do something that's more interesting to her. And so uh, I've been studying uh, herbalism for about 15 years. And so, uh, and, and a lot of people know about my history with cannabis. And one of the things I've, I've found in my life is that you can combine cannabis with other herbs and um, turn it into real, into real, even more uh, potent medicine. And mm. so we started an, an herbal company uh, that combines uh, cannabinoids, THC, CBD, uh, and other cannabinoids with uh, other herbs. And, and so I like to help people with simple things that annoy us, but it seems like the, you know, all the doctor can do is give us pills. So things like, you know, like headache, uh, mild anxiety, insomnia, just giving people an, uh, a natural alternative. Um, because I found in my days as a football player, um, when I went the doctor's route, it created more side effects when I, when I could go the more, when it was possible to go the more traditional route, I recovered faster with nice. less side effects. And so again, it's part of sharing my experiences and what I've learned with, uh, with other people, with my community. All right, cool, Ricky. Uh, you know, real wellness. Once again, we'll put that in the show notes. I think for our listeners too, I just recently was able to get my parents and some, some people in older generations who have been very anti-cannabis into looking at things for their wrist pains and their knee pains and their back pains. And I think real wellness would be a great spot uh, for people to check out just to get that party started. Um, so we'll put it in the show notes, Ricky. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Our pleasure, man. Uh, let's, let's kind of, we, we have a lot of uh, uh, people into sports who are younger athletes. A lot of coaches listen to our podcast. Let's slide on your coaching, maybe your parenting hat for a second here and talk about cannabis, which you brought up, um, giving real world advice, uh, both to a youngster and maybe a coach. Uh, what would you say now? We know the NBA kind of has, has, has backed off of testing and we see, this, we, we see things coming around. Um, but anything of too much can, can get, get out of whack. What advice do you have to, uh, to, to, to those folks? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. And, and hopefully, you know, I have some advice, but the truth is, and you know, I'm, I'm about to turn 44. What I'm realizing is, uh, these, these younger kids, you know, they know things that, that I don't, and they're aware of things mm -hmm. that I don't, and they're growing up in a world where they don't have to sit through dare assemblies and <laughs> yeah. 
if you smoke cannabis, your brain will turn into eggs. And so they're, they're having right. a different approach. And so it's tough. It, I think it's really tough. And I think, you know, what you said is a key point is to realize that anything that makes you feel good um, can serve as an escape and keep you from being present and living your life. And, and cannabis is, you know, probably high on the list, especially right now, mm -hmm. as, it's, as it's not as it's not so taboo. And so I think for message I give to kids is, is, you know, your own body, you know, your own, your own mind. And there's going to be things that you can get away with that your parents aren't going to, aren't going to find out about. And if you, you know, I think it's, I think it's a waste to be rebellious for rebellion's sake. Um, because as a kid, there's certain things you have to learn that your parents taught you. That's bullshit. Yeah. And so, oh, so yeah. it's that fine, that it's that fine line of, I think they call it experimentation. And the, my message to kids is experiment, but, but at the same time, be aware, you know, be a, the point of experimenting is, you know, when you go too far and I think it's healthy to know when you've gone too far. Um, but at the same time, if, you know, if you try to follow all the rules and you don't live, you don't listen to your heart, you're going to, you're not going to live a fulfilling life. And so I'd say that similar message to the, to parents. And I think as a parent, I have to constantly remind myself that I was a kid once <laughs> And, and mm -hmm. you know, my, my go-to with parenting is when I am in situations with my kids, I imagine how would I have wanted my parents to handle this situation? Um, and I make an attempt to, you know, to meet that standard. But, but these are tough questions. And, and I think the best, the best advice I can give to par in parenting is, is allow yourself to be creative as a, as a parent. And what I mm -hmm. mean is creativity is life throws us a bunch of different things. And if we can be creative in solving these problems, we'll come up with better solutions. But the opposite of being creative is just handling it the way that our, you know, <laughs> that our parents handled it. Exactly. And Rip, Rip, you're a parent, you have two kids. I think it's something that's going to come up in discussion a little bit more of that balance. We're at the age now where we're kind of, I'm Ricky, I'm turning 42 uh, as well. And it's, it's kind of, I look back now and I see um, people who are more eclectic and growing up versus people who didn't have as, as many opportunities, both socially and the power of traveling, right? What that even oh does. Um, smoking hash in uh, a foreign country with friends uh, under a crazy spot is different than maybe smoking an old joint in the back of somebody's car. So I think it's, uh, it's, a, it's, about, I think it's about curiosity, man. That's why your podcast is spot on. Curiosity yeah. with caution. You got the internet. You got cats like you who we can get a lot of info from. So um, try to be strategic and uh, yeah, stay away from the pain pills. You know, there's, there's other options uh, yeah. possibly. There, there, there's definitely other options. And I think that's, you know, that's Western medicine. Allopathic medicine is wonderful. You know, when I tore my pack and broke my arm, they did a wonderful job putting me back together. But the truth is the drugs they gave me to deal with what they did made me feel worse. Uh, and so I think, yeah. that, you know, especially if you're a football player, or any kind of athlete, you know, one of the, the major things that no one tells you about, at least they don't, I don't think they stress it enough is how important it is to learn to take care of your body. And to me, take care of your body doesn't mean, like I used to do in high school, pop a couple of leave before I pitch so my arm wouldn't hurt. <laughs> you know, it's really paying attention to your body. And if something is hurting, mm -hmm. address it, you know, deal with it. Don't, don't mask it because the same body you have at 18 is going to grow and change in age, but it's still the same body. And so you got to start taking care of it now. It's crazy because we, we had, yeah, uh, we had both Jake Plummer and Jim McMahon on this podcast within the last few months. And you guys all come from such different backgrounds, but the stuff you're saying about the injuries and the pain pills and, and using other options is, is almost exactly the same, which is, I hope people start listening to that more, you know? 
Yeah, because if you're an athlete, you know, you can recognize probably as early as 12, the guy, the kids that have it, you know, and, and, you know, a small percentage of those kids actually, actually make it. And so, so, so much of being an athlete is taking care of your body because you, you already have the ability. I think the two big, the two most important things I think for athletes is one, taking care of your body <clears throat> and, and I mean, two, taking care of your, of your mind and be a constant learner, you know, it, to, to be, to become better at anything, to improve at anything, it requires learning, learning new skills. Hmm. Let's learn something today, Ricky. Tell, tell our listeners one thing that we can implement in, into our lives that have to do with uh, traditional oriental medicine. I mean, we're bringing something new to the table. What, what, you know, what's something, is it ginseng? Is it something that we can start implementing now to maybe help our immunity? Ginseng, um, you know, there, there's, for immunity, ginseng is great just as a natural energizer. And anytime your body has more energy, your immunity is going to be is going to be improved. You know, the, mm-hmm. the so it, I'll, t- I'll start with a, a story because so much of, of what traditional Chinese medicine can teach us, it, you know, the herbs and the acupuncture is great, but it's really about a perspective and, ha- and, t- and having a different perspective on the body. And mm-hmm. so. In Chinese medicine, and I think with COVID going around, I think it's a good topic, immunity. So in, for the Chinese, immunity is, is specifically based on your body's ability to, to protect itself. You know, and it's, yeah. if you go in Western medicine, they'll say the same thing. But the imagery, the imagery they use in Chinese medicine, it's there's, uh, they call it Wei Qi. Qi meaning energy, Wei means protective. So literally they envision mm-hmm. it as like soldiers or an army that guards your body, you know, guards the perimeter of your body to not allow any invaders to come in, right? Yeah. And the invaders, the pathogens, right? Or the virus, exactly. And so from a Chinese medical perspective, you know, immune system is a, is a holistic uh, wellness mechanism because if you're, if you have, even if it's like you have constipation for, mm-hmm. for instance, right? That, totally backup in, that backup in the system, over time starts to drain your resources and eventually will affect your your defense system, right? If the if the soldiers are going to have to like put a hole in the dam so the water can go through, they're not out protecting the outside of the body and so we become more susceptible. And, and so for immunity, the simple things that, that Chinese medicine says is back to the same thing, take care of yourself. And that means, you know, eat when you're hungry and stop eating when you're not hungry, sleep when you're tired, and don't sleep when you're not tired. You know, these, these simple things. Hang around people that feel good to be around, right? Don't hang around people that stress you out, right? These simple lifestyle choices um, without having to take any herbs, any acupuncture, any pills, anything are the best things that we can do for, uh, for our immune system. Thank you, Ricky. I mean, that's really interesting. It's the little things right now. I We do recommend recommendations of the week on this podcast. I think a couple weeks ago, I even said, just drink a glass of lemon water. I was having trouble sleeping and I was having stomach problems because I was eating too much shit around my house, you know, um, even little things, even like sitting in re- sun, not for a long time, but for five to 10 minutes gets my appetite going again yeah. sometimes, you know, so uh, I appreciate that, man. That's real interesting. Yeah, it's funny uh, when you break it down and it's like it doesn't sound that complicated, you know, but all these extra medicines and drugs have, have made it more complicated unnecessarily, but yeah, yeah I want to hit on some other stuff because we end every interview with a quick hitter segment where I ask you just a handful of questions based around a specific theme and, and you just give me what comes to mind first. And 
for this one, the, the only theme I have is really how well-rounded you are. So I just want to get a few quick ones in here covering kind of an assortment of topics with you. Does that work? Yeah, go for it. Okay. I know you're a vegetarian and I think you have been for a while. And my wife and I started this on uh, mostly a full-time basis last year. And my only complaint so far is that I'm kind of always feeling hungry. So for someone who's been through it in a while, do you have any do you have any go-to snacks or even meals that, that keep you getting enough food? Because missing the meat for me has kind of been a struggle. Yeah, so the, the trick for me, and I was lucky, I became a vegetarian while I was traveling around India. Um, and so the thing about cuisines like Indian food and some other Asian foods that have a strong vegetarian history is they put, they flavor the food so you don't feel like you're missing the meat because you get the, the flavor through the spices. Yeah. And so my suggestion is, you know, once or twice a week, if, if you like it, you know, Thai food, Indian food, just look, you know, especially with Uber Eats, um, find things on the menus that look good and, and try those and see if that, see if that helps. Yeah, we love Indian food. We, we always have that. With it. Yeah, that's good stuff. Switching to football real quick, you're, you're a co-founder, another one of your entrepreneurial uh, aspects here. You're a co-founder of the Freedom Football League, which is launching next year in a bunch of different cities. Uh, we've seen a handful of leagues try to be formidable, but, but not end up making it. What's going to be different about the FFL, in your opinion? Oh, that's a great question. So this, this project started several years ago, about the same time the AFL started, hmm. or the AAL. Um, and and our, our, whole, our whole thing is different. The starting point, so I was invited into this meeting, and they said, you know, we're looking to start another league. And I kind of rolled my eyes, and I was like, it's not going to work. And, and they said, okay, but if it was going to work, what are some, some suggestions you would have? And for me, I said – for if I did it, it would have to really be about the players. It'd have to be all about the players. Um, an example would be, you know, I said like 90% of the coaches need to be former college or NFL players. Because as an NFL player, the coaches that didn't coach, they look at us like chess pieces or video game pieces, you know? They don't realize that we're humans and what we're going through. Typically, the coaches that have played before have been there, and so they can relate to us better. But also, you know, putting uh, player health, player wellness, player education, life skills, to put all those things up front. And and they were interested. And so they called me up the next week and they said, you know, will you come on the board because we want to implement all your ideas. And it was hard for me to say no to that. And so yeah. what's different is it's really about the players and it's also about the fans. So a, a big differentiating factor is we looked at the current financial situation of the NFL and, you know, fans pay, pay good money to see good football. And that's, that's wonderful. But at the end of the day, it's just making the 30 owners and their groups more wealthy. And so yep. we, we thought about, you know, giving season ticket holders a piece of the team, right? Mm. And, and making wow. it more about community. If you think of where sports teams or sports clubs came from, they came from neighborhoods. And if you, you know, if you go over to, to Australia or, or Europe, you'll, you'll still see soccer clubs are like community clubs and people in the community play against other communities. Yeah. And so another, another rule that we, we installed is for the draft, you know, is we're going to, you know, we're only going to have players that went to college, high school, or from that region play on those teams to really build cool. a community. And so in a, in a way, you know, we're learning, we're learning from the current leagues out there now, but we're, we're also going back to the history and, and seeing what pieces might be left out that could be reintroduced. Um, and also looking to the future of where's, professional sports headed and because we're a new league we can implement things that are going to be harder for the older more established leagues to bring in love it 
I love it. You, got, you guys have some teams in some cities with a lot of pride, like San Diego and, and one in Portland. And so that that, that sense of community, I, I think, is really going to come through. You, people can check that out. I think it's uh, freedomfootball.co. So. Yep. All right. Um, switching a little back here, you, you're a big proponent of yoga. I know it's done a lot for you to ease stress and, and improve your life in other areas. What is uh, one quick pose that every person should try to incorporate into their day? Is it is downward dog the move or is that overrated? <laughs> I, I wouldn't even say one pose. I would say it's sun salutations. So sun salutations is a is a sequence of 12 movements and 12 postures that you move through. And it incorporates breath. And the whole sequence uh, pretty much touches every single muscle and joint in the body. And so six rounds of sun salutations in the morning is, is just a great way to start and a great wake up to the body. And if you do it daily, you'll see your health improve. You know, that, that's really my everyday practice that I don't miss is I do six rounds of sun salutations every morning. How, how long does that take? It takes about 15 minutes. Oh, that's not and, and it just, and it depends, you know, sometimes depending on how I'm feeling, I'll go, I'll go through them really fast. So it's more of like a cardio workout. Yeah. And some days if I'm feeling stiff, I'll go through slower to get, to get deeper. So 15 to, to 30 minutes, you know, sometimes if I'm, if I have time and I'm really feeling I need to sit with myself, I'll even go slower and do it longer. But it's a it's a flexible practice that that anyone anyone could do, and you know you don't even really need a yoga mat; you just need a flat a flat area. And so it's and that's the thing I love about yoga and these these body based exercises is you can take them or, wherever you go. Yeah, versatile. Okay, good way to start the day. Um, you you signed out of college with Master P's agency, and I know there was some controversy around that deal. But the the part that I'm most interested in that is that you got a no limit records chain as part of the deal. <laughs> And we grew up with that stuff. Do you still rock that thing every once in a while? Because I feel like it'd be a good conversation starter. I think my, I think my mom has it right now. But oh, okay. yeah, so, so yeah, we're about the same age. So so you guys you guys get it. So I I again I left California and I went to Texas, which is, you know, at that time in the in the mid '90s, you know, down south hustle you know, like down south music was really starting to take yeah. off, and I was right there. Yeah. And my teammates, you know, introduced me to it and got me on. So as I left college. You know, I was I was impressed. The music was great. The music was was great. But I was more impressed with P with Percy with Master P as a businessman and, and what he created pretty much from nothing. And and I was inspired by that. And so I, you know, when I when I didn't have an agent and I was, you know, being bombarded by all these agents, it just felt slimy. I just felt a connection with, with P's group. And so I, I went with them. And you know, the controversy that was already controversial because, you know projected top five picks yeah. is supposed to go the traditional route. And I think what made it even more controversial is when we got into contract negotiations, um, my agent, um, he, he pretty much Leland, he pretty much said, what do you want to do? And I told him what I wanted to do. And he gave me, and he suggested that I do something different, but at the end of the day, you know, he said, you're the client and I'll do what you want. And what I wanted was pay me a big lump sum up front for what I did in college, but everything else I think I should have to earn. Um, and that was different and I got a lot of slack for it. Um, and you know, it, it's funny if, if I had to go back and do it again, I think the, the one mistake I made is, you know, I, I didn't miss any games in college. And so I, I think I naively assumed that I would stay healthy forever. And, and when I got hurt, kind of contract backfired on me. But, uh, but at the end of the day, I still feel really proud about the statement I was trying to make and saying that I was playing football because I love the game, not, wasn't about what I could take from the game. Idea alert, Rip, for your for your podcast. 
Reggie, if anybody makes a really outstanding point uh, or a, a touchdown making point, or you find a great astrology you read, they should get to wear the no limit chain. <laughs> That's a wonderful idea. <laughs> I have to hit up my mom and, and see if she can pull it out of the, the archives. Well, we love the creativity that you approach that with and you approach everything else with. And we're, we're looking forward to your podcast, man. And thanks for coming on One Star Recruits. We, uh, we appreciate everything you do and everything you're doing. Thank you very much, Ricky. Yeah, thanks for having Thank me. Thank you, Ricky. Take care, brother. Take care, man. So, true story. I did when I was in heavy in my skateboarding days. We used to go to my boy Bohannon's backyard in Tempe, and he had the house on the block that was cool to hang on the backyard and smoke cigs and rip 4840s. But at one point in time, we were heavy into No Limit, um, and we got fake chains and we put them out back. And whenever I don't remember if there was rules, I might have to follow up. We might have to get Bo on the podcast, Rip. I don't remember if there was rules for when you could wear the chain, but I saw that he had a chain in some article, and I had to bring it up. It's too good. The only rule was that anyone seen with a no-limit chain is like the coolest dude in the room. That's how you got to know, bro. <laughs> Especially in the early 2000s. It was such a... It's like Now a lot of people have the bling and the big chains. Especially then, it was so cool, man. So he said he still has it. That would be tight if he uses my idea. I think he should. He should crown his podcast, maybe his best, uh, his best read of the day. That was a great idea, man. And check it out. We'll, we'll, we'll be listening for that on his new pod that launches today, Curious Questions with Ricky Williams. Uh, we'll play a promo clip for that later in the show. But just just a good dude, man. Good dude doing big things. So much, much luck to him with that podcast. Yeah, much luck, man. Let's move over. Let's talk a little bit about current events, what's going on in the world a little bit, Rip. We have, uh, we have Jeff Bezos step down today. That's Amazon News. I was watching the stock a little bit once it happened. It happened after hours a bit. Didn't even move, which just tells me that machine's going to keep on pumping along. Yeah, and and I think the guy that's going to be put in charge is is one of the guys behind the Amazon Web Services, which is hugely profitable and hugely popular behind the scenes. So I think they're in good hands. It's kind of like when uh, Steve Jobs passed away and Tim Cook took over, took over Apple. It's one of the guys that's been there for a while, so I don't think it's going to be too yeah, much. Yeah, the more. smooth transition. The guy at Microsoft, too, seemed to be a smoother transition. Um, so what else we got? I don't want to beat down the GameStop thing. Even my mom was calling me asking me if I knew about shorting stocks and how the, how the retail investor is going to creep up. But I did see before we hopped on this pod that Portnoy said he's 700k. He paid it and he's out. Um, did you take a beating? Did you get caught up in any of that? No, nah, I didn't get caught up. I, the crazy thing is that I know uh, Monday and Tuesday, they were down quite a bit. So if you were short on those stocks the last couple of days, you would have made a lot of money back for those guys. Right. But uh, yeah. so, and so that's it? You got any inside information from your life in that realm? And is any nobody you know? I need to follow up with some of my friends who I think are inside of that game. Because I don't nobody that I'm speaking to on a regular basis is actually like got $40,000 richer, $400,000 richer. Yeah. I, but they're I mean, out there. I hadn't heard the word GameStop in like 10 years before last week. Do you, we were, I was kicking around with uh, with Adam Lamb, a uh, frequent guest on the pod, about mm-hmm. like older Comedian. companies like that that you think might be the next to, to, to pop like that because they're heavily shorted. We were tossing around like JCPenney and Macy's. What do you think? What do you Adam Lamb probably places Adam Lamb the comedian still goes to would be the <laughs> list that I would buy. So yeah. if he just wants to maybe put on Twitter Barnes and Noble his most frequented spots. Um, way, uh, to, way to make some money. The uh, what's the place we used to go to and get CDs at Warehouse? 
Yeah, I, I saw a warehouse. I saw a blog poster that said a tweet that said, "Hey, we'll wave, you know, <laughs> yeah. a wave hand." Yeah, that's good. That's good. Blockbusters. It's out of my league. I stayed away from it, but I do love the story of the retail investor, the little man, getting one over the. I don't know enough about it, but the, the owner of the Mets is is heavily involved in one of the funds that I think lost a shitload of money, and uh, you know, you play with fire, you get burned, and the little guy kind of figured out some tips. It seems like. Couple, yeah. couple little, some, some, in, some insider moves maybe we didn't know about before came to light, and they came to light quick with the internet, and that's just the age that we live in. Uh, I can tell you what to sit back as a spectator. It's pretty interesting. It's pretty wild. Yeah, it, it was a wild week, man. And who knows if this is going to be the start of you know a bunch of these things popping up, or if Wall Street's going to be able to shut it down somehow. But one thing uh, we're both going to be watching this this Sunday is the Super Bowl, man. Who? Uh, yeah, you've been wanting to talk about the Super Bowl all pod. Let's give it to him. Give it to him, Rip. Who's winning the Super Bowl? I think Mah- I think Mahomes is going to take it again, bro. Brady's going down. Uh, Tom Brady doesn't lose a lot in life, but he has lost how many Super Bowls? Three. Shit, I don't know. Uh, I think he's going to lose another one. Um, the Chiefs are just too strong, man. Mahomes is one of those guys that you can't bet against. He just no matter. And I think they're honestly they're more talented than the Bucks mm-hmm. and younger. So and and a better coach. Who's your first? Who gets the first touchdown? You're going to take Cameron Bray big time. Prop bets first touchdown. Um, I'm going to go with Daryl Williams. <laughs> After the backfield, third, his one third. catch for four yards. Third down back for the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he always gets like a third down, big third down conversion late <laughs> in the game. The, like the, the most boring name out there, but he, he might be able to win you some money on Sunday. Go go with Darrell Williams, first touchdown. Probably. Man, go with D. Williams. I tried to ask Chris Ball before we wrapped up that, that segment who he had, if he was happy with the Stafford, uh, the Stafford golf trade. I think he's a Rams guy. Do you even give a shit? Is it even trade? I mean, obviously, younger guy for older guy. Yeah, I think the the Rams had to give up quite a bit of a draft haul to get him, which was crazy because you know there's Deshaun Watson might be available. Like, what would they had to give up to get him? Uh, I would have gone after him over Stafford. They like McVay likes something with Stafford. But I do know that Stafford like he's a lot, ready. A lot, he's ready, and a lot of the money in his contract was up front, so he doesn't mm. have a big cap hit. And yep. Watson and Goff did. So that that definitely plays into it a little bit. I'm a little disappointed. I know we have a lot of Indiana listeners. I'm a little disappointed that the Colts, I feel like they're also a plug-and-play for plug-in championship caliber quarterback. I can see Deshaun being a good fit with the Colts, mm, going the same I, division over there. That'd be, who would let him go in the same division? <laughs> Maybe. It's a mess out there. The Texans make some bad moves. <laughs> Man, it's, it's a tough game. So Super Bowl's going on. Um, I will be watching for the weekend. I read an article that he put seven million of his own money into the Super Bowl show, which is impressive and ridiculous at the same time. So he got a budget. The normal budget for the halftime show, I think, is thirteen million dollars. And he went over twenty. He went to twenty and spent his own money. He spent his own money because he wanted to create what something spectacular. So pressure's on weekend. Damn. This, I mean, I'm intrigued. I guess I have it's to a watch halftime now. Shit. That'd be damn good. I mean, what do you get for seven mil? I mean, that's crazy. You're 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 paying. So he's losing money performing at the Super Bowl. But I'd have to be swimming in like a pool of Dippin' Dots or something amazing. I can't Seriously. even know. He does have some crazy uh, outfits and costumes though, so I expect big things from him. Yeah, it'll be good. So so that'll be. I, we, we're going to be down on commercials, but we'll be up on entertainment at halftime. I think Jay Z. I'm not sure if it's this year, but I think he's also involved in the creative process of the Super Bowl and Super Bowl halftime show. Um, so we'll see if there might be any. That might be a prop bet if we get a Jay-Z artist to participate. Maybe a Rock Nation athlete. There you go. Cool, man. Um, well, great pod. 
Rip will do. Uh, let's do Rex of the Week. We're gonna get on track um, next week back into the professional levels with some professional athletes, which I'm really excited about. And um, yeah, just blessings, man. Thank you for doing what you do. Let's do Rex of the Week. What do you got? Mine is something you mentioned off the top and something we talked about last week. It's got to be the Pizza Hut De- Detroit-style square pizza. We just had it within the last two hours, Tuesday night, live from the studio. What was it? I mean, I give it a 9.5 out of 10. It was pretty Damn. You give it a 9.5? I, I'm a big Pizza Hut fan to begin with. Um, so th- this had their traditional pan feel, the little greasiness, the amazing burnt cheese on the edge of the crust. Go for those corner pieces. And it had some sauce sprinkled on top, like Detroit, the little cups that you can kind of yeah, just... the packaging was really nice. It was COVID-proof. Yeah, we'll throw a picture of it on, on our social. Yeah, good. What, what's, your, what's your rating out of 10? Hmm. Well, we've talked up the Detroit-style pizza since the last episode, and we've been wanting to have it for a while. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing that our first attempt at it was what might have been deep Pizza Hut deep dish with sauce on top. Possibly. Yeah. yeah. So basically, if you're a Pizza Hut fan before this, you're going to love it. But if you, if you if you hate on Pizza Hut, you're not going to like it. But it was it. good. You got a little butt hurt when I was eating all the corner slices. Dude, those corner slices are money, man. And, and a t- another tip, another wreck of the week, if you get Pizza Hut, spend an extra five bucks, get the 12 mini Cinnabons. Those things are unbelievable. They basically melt in your mouth, like an explosion of, of sweetness. Super fat, super will take you back to any airport that you were ever in when you made bad decisions. But that taste is off the charts, right? You can't beat it. It's yeah. so unique. Right back to Fiesta Mall, yep. 1995. <laughs> Mesa, Arizona. Yeah, all day, man. Nice. So, yeah, two. So, thumbs up. There you go, Pizza Hut. Earning Rip's uh, quality review. He will be a repeat guest. Repeat guest. Yep, you got me. When in Arizona, though, we go to... Uh, we go to Venezia. We go to sure. Venezia's when in Arizona, but in California here. But if you need a chain, uh, a good pizza from a chain, you can't beat Pizza Hut. All right, there's the wreck of the week. I kind of want to stick with food. I kind of want to... Sh- uh, you know, so let's stick with food here. Um, uh, breakfast is, is... You get boring and routine breakfast over and over and over again. Do you have a waffle maker at your house? Yeah. Okay, sweet. So for this wreck, you have to have a waffle maker. Um, I learned it on Food Network, and I, and I did it, and it was successfully delicious. So making waffles is kind of a bitch. You need to get the batter and mix it, and you need to have things. It's like eight or nine ingredients. To make French toast, it's a little bit easier. You just need eggs, and you dip the thing in, and you put the thing in. Mm-hmm. So um, if you have any toast or bread that's going bad or on its verge, and you need it's in French toast mode, and you don't want to do the whole French toast thing, dip it in your egg wash. Put a little bit of cinnamon on it and put in your waffle maker. Ooh. Belgian waffle French toast. Damn. And it's crispy and delicious. And it flips out of your waffle maker just like the waffle does. Damn, that's that's nice. You got what do you go on top? You go whipped cream, cinnamon? Uh know? we keep it standard here. We do a little bit of banana berry mix with a little uh, butter and syrup. Ooh. But it's uh is a is a spin on French toast if you want to utilize your uh your waffle maker in the morning so Damn. that's the record of the week there i want to do a shout out of the week too it was on this day in history in 2007 one of our prior guests cameron quick the head coach of the alameda men's high school basketball program this is a crazy stat for hoops players Unbelievable. And you know hoop stats it's kind of wild if you think about it but he said um on february 2nd 2007 our man cameron quick said the Stanislaus state record for getting to the line the free throw line 31 times and connected on 24 attempts for the CCAA single game free throw record. 
I don't know if that game went to overtime, but if that was a 40-minute game, OTs. and my man went to the oh, four OTs. Okay. Four OTs, and he told me they lost. Still, man, 31 times at the line. Shit. That must have been the longest-ass game. What time did that game end? Like, 1 in the morning? I need to ask him. They did ask him if how bad his uh, forearms were banged up, and he <laughs> said he was feeling so sore. Uh, but in that day, too, you got to run back-to-backs as well. So. Oh, that, that is a hell of a stat line. That's a big stat, quit. man. Keep getting to the line, big dog. Keep getting to the line in life. Thank you so much for supporting uh, our sponsors, uh, Ball Family Farms. If you're in L.A., they have them at Sweet Flower. We talked about it a little bit, but it's a really great dispensary. It's one of my favorite. And um, Greenstone, greenstone.us, follow them. If you have any questions, something I think that was so cool about this episode and those guests in particular is they are very accessible too. I know I have a lot of buddies in Arizona who it just legalized in Arizona. A lot of people are thinking about transitioning into cannabis. Well, Here's two guys who have been here the last 10 years who can talk, tell you about it, about it if you want to take advantage. So hit us up on Twitter, throw us a DM. We're happy to do a connection. Um, if you have some time, hop on iTunes, give us five stars. Uh, at the end of the day, if you have it in your heart right now and you have, you're on iTunes, flip it open, um, throw us a review. We appreciate it. Throw us a review, and another thing you can do is support our partners, which A, Greenstone, B, Ball Family Farms, and we can never forget about another Balls. Uh, your own Balls is your is, own balls. is our partner, Manscaped, who we've been working with for a few months now, and we continue to work with. And uh, one thing is Valentine's Day is almost upon us. we got another 11 days, fellas. So make sure you're ready for wherever the night may take you. Our friends at Manscaped, the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming, are here to tell you that you need to use the best tools for the job so you can be ready for anything on that special day. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code 1STAR at manscaped.com. DK, and we're going to leave you with this, uh, with this promo clip for Ricky Williams' podcast. Oh, it's, nice. called, it's called Curious yeah. Questions with Ricky Williams. Um, so we're going to hit you with that promo clip. I'm going to check it out. This is a podcast. So if you're listening to this, I would just flow over into this Ricky Williams podcast next, next and check it out. Um, and if you are at all in, um, in the area and would like to uh, do a T-shirt swap, we have new hot shirts coming through, Rip. Hot new T-shirt alert. So if you want to do a jersey swap <laughs> and you want to meet at a local Target, uh, I'm down to meet masked up in a Target to do a jersey swap with uh, our new T-shirts. So stay tuned. <laughs> Costa Mesa Target on Harbor. <laughs> we'll catch you guys later. Thanks for your support. All right. Check out this promo clip for Curious Questions with Ricky Williams. See you next week. Later. Okay. So back again for Curious Questions with me, Ricky Williams. I feel like it's time for me to get my voice out there. Something that a lot of people don't know is that I have been studying and practicing astrology for over 15 years now. What I'm bringing in is my life's experiences in interviewing people, trying to understand people, but doing it through the lens of astrology. I played with Kyle in, in uh, New Orleans and he was a neighbor of mine. And he called me up, I was living in Austin at the time, and he said, hey, there's this cannabis convention in Phoenix why don't you come out and tell your story? And I showed up and, you know, we we're sitting on the stage and I realized it was the first time that I ever shared the truth about my experiences publicly. And people kept coming up to me and basically saying, you know, when you came out back in 2004 and unapologetically said that you were, that you consumed cannabis, I was going through something in my life and it really strengthened me and it helped my mom understand. And just, I didn't realize that my path had really helped anyone. I was dealing with the heaviness and the controversy of it all. 